Under the Vibes! <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. Mm. Myself, Mo Mucci, alongside the one, the only Mr. BJ Armstrong. BJ called me. <laughs> he said, Mo, you want to tape early? I said, BJ, you read my damn mind. So once again, yeah, for the second yeah. time this week, we're taping early because the Nuggets are up big at the half. Now, yes. let's talk about this first half, shall we? Right? Let me, BJ, I know you hate numbers. I'm going to give you some numbers. During the regular yes. season, during the regular season, the Nuggets were number one in net rating when Nikola Jokic was on the court. They were last in net rating when he was sat on the bench. Okay. The Timberwolves, if they want to win a game in this series, are going to have to get cooking in the minutes when Jokic isn't on the court. Right? They got cooked by the bench of Denver. Denver started the second right. quarter without Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and extended their lead from nine points to 15 in just 78 seconds. And then they were up 20 and then we decided to record the podcast. Here's a few observations. Um, first of all, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who you would assume to be the more athletic team or whatnot, lead uh, a trail in fast break points. In the first half, Denver had 19 first fast break points in comparison to just three for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Kyle Anthony Towns decided to not show up for that first half. Uh, well, he was there on the court, but he didn't really <laughs> do much. And uh, Jeff Green, uh, the sensational performance in that first half, and I'm convinced he's going to be 80 years old and dunking a basketball still because that man is timeless. PJ, what do you see from that first half? From which one Denver and Minnesota? Denver and Minnesota. You know, the game uh, that's still good. So if if the Tibbles pull off a miraculous comeback, I'm sorry, guys, but they have to get some level of sleep this month. So I picked tonight to be the one to record an hour early. Okay. Well, right now, look, it's it's been it's been you know the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets had a you know a terrific first half. They had like 64 or something points in there in the first half. Mm-hmm. they've dominated the first half. I mean, they played exceptionally well. They've gotten just about everything they want and they look like the better team. Now I thought if Minnesota was going to have a chance to win, you know, one or potentially both of the, you know, the first two games that this was going to be the, this was going to be the game that they could do it just because of the quick turnaround from, you know, the play-in situation. But as of the first half, Mo, it's not looking good for our Wolves. It's not looking good, bro. It's not looking good. <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. I mean, I hope it gets better than this, because otherwise this series is just a giant waste of time. But uh, the, the Denver Nuggets did look good on defense. I don't know how much that's to do with playing against the Tim Wolves or their defense improving, but that will be seen in the second round if they get through. Uh, do you want to talk about the other games? Please, please <laughs> help me out. <laughs> help, well, help me out here. An- another game out. that was a blowout. We- we'll get to the Lakers game in a sec, but another game that was a blowout, the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Miami Heat. Uh, the Bucks won 138 to 122. Uh, the scoreline was closer it- when you read it like that than it was during the game. Basically, the Bucks were up like 30 points for pretty much the whole thing until the last five minutes. Um, I said before the game that if they want to have a chance of winning, they've got to get Brooke Lopez active. 
uh, especially in the painted area, going back to his post-up ways. And he did exactly that in the first quarter and he capped it off with a buzzer beater. Uh, Chris Murderson got cooking in the second, hitting some crazy pull-up threes. Pat Connaughton got cooking. Bobby Portis, or Bobby Portis, whatever <laughs> you want to call him. Um, man, the way he was talking trash to Bam Adebayo, Bam, if you're going to be one of the best centers, if you want to call yourself the third best center in the league or whatever you call yourself, you've got to be better than that. You've got to be. If you're going to be an all-star, you've got to be better than that. Um, a 10-point game became a 21-point game in basically a matter of seconds as the Bucks went on a 24-2 run. Joe Ingles was contributing. My question to you, BJ, is they won this one without Giannis. The role players had a great game. Can they continue this on the road if Giannis is unavailable for game three? Well, absolutely. The way they play tonight, they look like the better team minus Giannis. The more physical team is what I would want to say as well. Look, you know, Brooke Lopez is is one of the more fascinating players in the league. I mean, we should do a study on Brooke Lopez, how this guy completely transformed himself from a local Do you know what I found out? Wait, wait, I've got to say this. Brooke Lopez lives at Disney World. Yes. Him and his brother have houses inside. Is it the Orlando or the L.A. one? Orlando. They live inside Disney World World and it's got like secret tunnels under the house to get to the right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. What do you you mean? Like That was the most interesting thing I found out in today's game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I love I, I love I love those guys. They can talk about comic books. We talk about Marvel. We talk about, you know, just it's it's that's it, what what else is there? Star Wars. These guys are huge. I mean, Mo, like what what else is there to talk about? Like when when he played those for the guys Lakers, there. when he played for the Lakers and they played games on the road in Orlando, he didn't stay in a team hotel. He stayed at his house in Disney World. Yeah, he and he's a huge collector. Yeah, of like I think he he's a huge collector. I mean, he has like, like stuff from like sets. You know what I mean? Like you know, E.T. Some of the most famous movies ever made. He's a huge collector. Um, I, I love I I I love the Lopez twins. They're they're great. Just a great family. Mm. They they they're great people. But anyway, his game has aged timelessly. He's gone from being a low post threat to a three-point marksman and elite rim protector. You know, early in his career, people didn't think he was a good defender as well. So, you know, the the evolution of him tonight um, in particular, you saw him, he took, he was 12 or 17 from the field uh, and he was sensational. Drew Holiday had a great game as well, 10, 19, uh, to finish with 24 points. I I think that the Bucks winning this one without Giannis have the advantage now because Giannis will come back at game three or game four, whereas Tyler Harrow, his offensive creation was sorely missed for the Miami Heat. Um, playoff Jimmy, eight from 12 from the field. If the Heat want to win, Jimmy's got to take more than 12 shots. He's got to take much more than 12 shots. Oladipo scored, uh, t- took 13 shots off the bench. Uh, Gabe Vincent took 12 shots. Um, is how, how do Miami plan their game now without Tyler Harrow, who was a big part of their I, offense? I, I don't think there's much they can do. I think they can play hard make shots, continue to shoot early in the shot clock. And if they make threes, they shoot threes and they make them. I think that gives them a chance. If they don't, I just think they're undermanned right now. You know, they're missing Tyler Hero. They were 44%, the 16 of 36 from downtown. However, the Bucks were 25 of 49 from downtown. They just got outshot. We had a rare Duncan Robinson sighting as well, who went four from six from behind the arc. Um, It's a tough one. 
And now going into Miami, Miami obviously would expect more from their role players when they return back home. But even without Giannis, you know, you've got Chris Middleton, who's an all-star level player. You've got Drew Holiday, who was an all-star. You've got Brooke Lopez, who I I wouldn't say he's an all-star, but he plays a level of basketball where he is one of the top players in the league, right? He's elite on defense and he can be elite on offense as well. So I expect, you know, this for game one being a wake-up call. And, you know, obviously losing a player mid-game kind of throws you off your rhythm compared to tonight where they had time to plan a strategy without Giannis being in the lineup. Um, but yeah, I think Milwaukee should win the next, at least one in Miami. <laughs> You're Just say it, Bo. You expect them to win the next three games. I expect them to win, <laughs> yeah, yeah, four in a row. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I expect. Um, a team who everyone expected to win four in a row after winning game one was the Los Angeles Lakers, who I've got a lot of things to say about this game, who lost to the Memphis Grizzlies, who were without Ja Morant in this one. The best player on the court in a game featuring LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Jaron Jackson Jr., three all-star players, was in fact one of my personal favorites, Xavier Tillman. The man who is 24 years old, but looks like he is 48. Shout out to Xavier Tillman. He put up 22 points, 10 of 13 from the field. He was uh, impactful, five offensive rebounds, eight rebounds in total. Great work on the defensive end as well. Provided the physicality, the Grizzlies made it really tough for Anthony Davis to score in the paint with Davis uh, Davis struggling with the with the strength of, of Tillman. Um, I, I thought it was a great game. He, he only picked up one foul throughout the whole thing. And shout out to Jaron Jackson Jr. as well, staying out of foul trouble. What was your big takeaway from this one? Well, before answering that, who was the third all-star on the floor tonight? John Jackson Jr. John Jackson Jr. Anthony Davis names. and LeBron James. Anthony Davis wasn't was he wasn't an all-star this year. Was he not? Anthony Davis, well, he would have been injured probably during the all-star game, but he's an all-star level talent. Like oh, he, oh okay. You, I, you said three he, all-stars. Well, I, hey. You said yeah, yeah. All-stars. Okay, like, Te- technically he's not an all star, but he is oh, an all star. Okay. Like, come on, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I didn't know what you were saying. That's why I asked. You said that there's three all stars. Oh well, yeah, the I was like, yeah. Well, okay, like John if, Morant was not playing tonight. If if he's healthy, he's an all star. That's that's what it is. When oh, okay. he plays, he's also okay. he's a thirty and fifteen guy to close out the season. You can't tell me that's not an all star level talent. Okay, I, we can get technical. No, I was just we, asking. we can get technical. It's okay. No, I was just asking. Okay, so <laughs> what was the question again? What was the what was the question? <laughs> what was the question? I was asking about your takeaways from this game. No, oh. expressing my love for Xavier. You know what? Game. Hey, this is a really bad loss for the Lakers, and here's why. You know the 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 Grizzlies. I mean, they're down two starters. Mm-hmm. And their best bench player. And, and their best bench player. Or oh, most impactful. Because shout out to Tyus Jones. We'll and they were just sleepwalking throughout the entire game. It, it's like they I decided mean, they, they were going to win before they turned up. And then so they just didn't give the effort. You know what it looked like? Okay, this is what it looked like. It looked like they've been in Memphis for about three days. And they were just ready to go home. And they just decided, hey, we won one game and we're ready to go back. That's what it looked like. Now, you know, Mo, these these playoff series, they can turn in a heartbeat. 
I'm a little nervous for the Lakers right now mm-hmm. because you don't turn it on. Well, you've heard me say it how many times you don't turn yep. it on and then you turn it off. I'm a little nervous because say what you want to say about the Memphis Grizzlies. They show up and compete mm-hmm. and, and, and they got unlikely contributions from everywhere tonight. When we saw John oh. Concha meet Anthony Davis at the summit and swat him. That was unbelievable. Your uh, the the guy you say I'm most like in the NBA, David Roddy, gave them great oh, yes. minutes. He gave them great minutes. He hit three threes, and he was very solid on the defensive side. You do look like Roddy. Well, well, <laughs> well he's got like braids like now. Roddy. He's got braids now, so people won't see that anymore. But uh, 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 oh, good Roddy. But I mean, look, that was a very solid effort. I mean, they got five. Their all their starters were in double figures. You know, Luke Kennard has what double figures coming off. Yep. And all indications before the game is the Lakers should win this game. The Lakers <laughs> should be up 2-0. Now they're 1-1. And they had a team on the ropes, and they now they let them off the hook. So, you know, if Java Rant comes back or whatever, now they if they get one game there, if they get one game there in L.A., mm-hmm. I mean, this, this will be like one of those epic – Epic, like what happened? You know what I mean? Well, LeBron James has to come out and have the biggest game of his season because Dylan Brooks in the post game press conference had an absolutely wild quote where a reporter asked him if he should. So Dylan Brooks was shooting like three from 11 from the field. And then in the third quarter or the fourth quarter, he hits a massive three over LeBron and just squares up to him basically the whole way down the court as well. And he had a huge three and a fourth, which was kind of the dagger in the game. Um, they asked him about his confrontation with LeBron James, and he says, I don't care. He's old. I poke bears. I don't respect someone until he gives me 40. So LeBron has to come out and drop 40 in the next game. Because during the season, when when people said that no one fears LeBron James, since then, Pat Bev has hit him with the two small. Dylan Brooks has got all up in his face, so he has to come out and drop 40 in the next game. Because he was so passive today, especially in the first half. He was so passive. The Grizzlies were targeting him on defense in the screen roll. So he has to come out and be aggressive. He had a nice little stretch in the third. But yeah, a very bad game from LeBron James today. I never thought I'd see a game where Xavier Tillman is the best player on the court when LeBron's there. That's absolute insanity. This is the NBA playoffs. This isn't Wednesday night in November. This is the NBA playoffs. Okay. Anthony Davis, once again, disappointing. Okay. Well, you can say it however you want to say it. You talk about him being a top five talent in the league. Finished with 13 points, four or 14 from the floor. Yeah, defensively, he blocked five shots. Fantastic. But on the offensive end, nowhere to be seen. D'Angelo Russell, he finished the game with five points in 30 minutes. Two from 11 from the field. Disgraceful performance from him yet again. Once again, D'Angelo Russell not showing up in the playoffs. My friend Josh Eberly found a stat that I thought was really interesting. In a three-point era, 663 players have taken at least 200 shots in the playoffs. D'Angelo Russell ranks 659th in terms of field goal percentage. That's 34% from the field. D'Angelo Russell had a shocker. Basically, all the Lakers had a shocker, except for Rui Hachimura, who once again had 20 points coming off the bench. LeBron finished with 28, which sounds great in the box score. But when you watch the games, his impact wasn't being felt. But this is what I want to say. Um, the offensive rebounding was key 
for the Memphis Grizzlies, especially down the stretch. Um, but the Grizzlies are 33 and 17 without Jar Morant since last season, including the playoffs. That's 21 and 7 last year, 12 and 10 this year. Um, and they beat the Lakers without Jar Morant. Now, I don't want to say that as a slight to Jar Morant, but I want to use this as an opportunity to credit the Grizzlies organization for building a deep squad. Uh, coach Taylor Jenkins for doing a great job coaching. But more importantly, I think Tyus Jones might be one of the most underrated players in the league. His ability to basically be a starting caliber point guard whilst coming off the bench, even though he's the highest paid bench point guard in the NBA. But his ability to keep the ship running smoothly and the style of basketball that they play without John Morant is slightly different to where John Morant's there. But he just keeps them ticking over. He's absolutely fantastic. I think every team in the league would want to have him on their roster. He is the ideal backup point guard. Yeah, he really is. And I couldn't agree more with you. This kid just comes out, does his job. But more importantly, I mean, he does it at a very high level. I mean, he's not as flashy, say, a, a, as a John Moran or some of the other maybe starting guards. But at the end of the game, you know, you go, this guy comes in and he wins. You trust him. He organizes the game. Yeah, he played. He, I mean, he... You know, as I think about it, he if he's not the best backup point guard in the league, he's certainly the second best. And eight he's eight a, assists and one turnover leads the league in assist to turnover ratio. Doesn't yeah, make I mean, a lot he's, of mistakes. He's yeah, he he's just got something figured out. Plays very well. He's aggressive, gets the ball, and you know defends a little bit. He's just a really really nice backup player. I mean, every team in the league could use a player like him. Well. That's tonight's games. They weren't the most exciting games. Let's look ahead to tomorrow or tonight's games coming up. Well, we oh, record yeah, this. Yeah, we yeah, record yeah. this at How about 4, that? 5, 6 a.m. So I never know whether it's last night or tonight or whatever it is. Okay. BG, I've got to ask you a question. In your opinion, from watching the games, do you believe that the refs have been calling the game unfairly in the Warriors King series in favor of Sacramento? Time out, Mo. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Newsflash. Third quarter, Nuggets, Timberwolves. Oh, no. Oh, it's a one-point game. It's a one-point game. <laughs> well, let's let's keep the podcast going, and we'll see if by the end of the podcast that game's over with, right? Okay. Take that. Take that. Yeah, they heard the slander. They heard the slander. Maybe Carl Anthony Towns decided to turn up. I'd, I'd turn off the game. I was going to rewatch the rest in the morning, but uh, well, hey, hey but Anthony hey, Edwards has that. gone off. He's got 19 points now. So shout out to hey, Anthony. Hey, 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 um, yeah, you know. But but let's get back to it. Um, Kings Warriors. Do you believe? Um, do you agree with ESPN expert JJ Reddick that the refs have been calling the games unfairly in favor of the Sacramento Kings? No, I do not. No, no. And, and I, I I don't. I don't think the referees are refereeing the game more unfairly or favoring one team. And here's why I say that. Okay, so I, without knowing the stats, I'm sure you can look at the stats and go, oh, these guys have been to the, the free the throw fouls, line. The, the free throw lines are different because the Kings attack the basketball, but the fouls are the same or basically roughly in the same ballpark for both teams in the series so far. Okay, now, okay. So when I look at a game, I always look and say, who's the most aggressive team on the floor? Now, if you just looked at the game without fouls or anything, who's the most aggressive team in this game? The Sacramento. Okay. 
the most aggressive team always gets the benefit of the doubt. Always. Coach Kerr, if you listen to his press conference, he said they did a better job than us of attacking the offensive glass, and they were more physical than us. Well, he said it. Mm-hmm. Well, you can go back and you can go back and listen to it. Okay. Every playoff team understands you must set the tempo. The game is way more physical now than it is in the regular season. Now, I think the referees have been incredibly consistent with letting the guys play. Mm-hmm. Now, some players have made a better adjustments than others. But when you look at their roster, talk about Sacramento's roster as compared to the Warriors roster, I think the more physical players are in the Sacramento on the Sacramento team. Sabonis is going to touch your body. Devion Mitchell, okay, another guy who's just a physical player. Malik Monk, I don't think he's a physical player. He's an athlete. <laughs> he's an athlete. He gets up there. He gets but in the Mo, mix. He, 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 he just attacks the basket like no one. I mean, Mo, he just, like, attacks the basket. Mm-hmm. Like, he just attacks the basket. It doesn't matter you know who's I mean? in front he, of him. He plays, like, uh, he plays very reckless. I mean, I, I really love his aggressiveness, but it's kind of reckless. He's just, like, he's just going for it every single play. He just shoots mm-hmm. trees. Harrison Barnes, who I've never seen this animated, he's trying is to going revenge. to the basket to dunk it. He's this going is, to the basket to dunk it. This is the revenge series for Harrison Barnes, and you guys blame well, him for the okay. 2016 finals. I'm here to take you out. Well, he's dunking, talking trash to people. Okay. Overall, they're the more aggressive team right now. Now, yes. they did what they had to do at home. Now, let's see what happens more when we go back to sac- to Golden State. Now, I expect Golden State to, at the very least, whether Draymond is there or not, to match the physicality of the game. Because if they don't do that, which I'm very concerned because Draymond who, is the who, most physical player. Who on that their roster are you looking at thinking they're going to bring the physicality? Well, Kevon Looney, ha- somebody's got to do it. You, Kevon you, Looney you, is going to be in foul trouble by the end of the second half, well, for, uh, the second quarter. Okay, again, Jermichael J- Green, somebody has to come up and they got to sign Zaza Pachulia to a 10-game contract. That's what they got to do, sign him to because a 10-game they they have to match the physical presence that's been established by the Sacramento Kings. Now, I don't know who's going to do it, but they they better figure it out very quickly. So I don't think the referees have anything to do with it. I just I, think the Sacramento Kings have been much more aggressive. I think it's absolutely embarrassing what Warriors fans and people have been saying today. Um, read, listen to this quote um, that someone said to Zach Lowe from the Warriors organization. Uh, there's some anger within the organization towards the league. There's a sense in the organization that Sabonis is shoving people on offensive rebounds and playing with his elbows out and using the ball as a weapon on offense. That might be the most pathetic, embarrassing thing I've heard, using the ball as a weapon. What are you guys talking about? JJ Reddick went on ESPN and said the referees have dictated too much in the Kings' favor this series. Now, JJ Reddick is great at what he does. I don't know if ESPN told him, JJ, you got to be more controversial because you've been talking too much sense because that was embarrassing to listen to. Um, I don't know why anyone thinks that the refs in the league would want to favor the Sacramento Kings when you could have a potential LeBron versus Steph in the second round. Um, during the regular season, if we look at the last two-minute reports, 
Um, the the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Warriors led the league with over 60% of calls going in their favor. The Sacramento Kings were dead last with only 36% of calls going in their favor um, in terms of the last two-minute reports on games through January the 28th, which is when we had the last data. Um, you know, the, the thing for me is the Kings just have better athletes, right? You've got guys out there on the Warriors that are going to be pushed around. This is the playoffs. Everyone talks about the playoffs are more physical. Oh, the refs ruin the NBA. In the regular season, they call fouls and everything. Well, here we are in the postseason. They're not going to call everything. Get on with it and play ball instead of crying to the referees. Even Kevon Looney, shout out to Kevon Looney. He came out and said he has no complaints about DeMontis Sabonis and the way that he plays. Listen, Warriors... Draymond Green in particular have been getting away with so much for the past 10 years almost, right? Pretty much every screen Draymond sets is an illegal screen to get Steph Curry open. When they had guys like Boga and Zaza Pachulia, they were making plays that were very questionable. Just go and ask Kawhi Leonard about Zaza Pachulia, right? The Warriors have had the benefit of the doubt. This is the first time they've come up against a team that's outmatching them in terms of physicality and they are simply crying. I don't know if it's the team, I don't know if it's the fans, but they are embarrassing themselves with the conversations that are being had today, right? I, I posted a clip on my Twitter of uh, Trey Lyles absolutely destroying Jordan Poole when he was going to get position for a rebound. That's not a foul. That's called, there's a shot going up. I'm getting in position to get a rebound. You got to try and get it before me. If you are weaker than me, if you don't have the strength, if you don't have the position, get in the weight room. You got to do something because I'm going to get position. If you get barged out of the way, that's on you. Okay, so that's my take on it. I'm sick of the complaining. I'm sick of the Warriors fans. The first time something's yeah, not going I, right I for them, I, just listen, crying. I, it's frankly, it's just an embarrassment to a team that's won what four championships, and you think the refs are against you? It, it really, really. Yeah. If you watch Draymond Green play basketball ever, I mean, it's pathetic. And and Warriors fans <laughs> gonna be mad. Listen to this. Grow up. This is the playoffs. Everyone I've seen complain today. I'm just like you guys have clearly never played basketball in your life. If if that if this is what you're complaining about, guys pushing to get position for a rebound, go to the park and play basketball. Please, I'm begging you. Because I don't know what, what kind of areas you guys are in. Maybe you guys are playing some soft pickup games, but this is basketball. This is what happens. It's a physical game. That was my little rant. Yeah, well, it, you know, Mo, here, here's the thing that's that's fun about the playoffs. You know, the regular season is is is, is a... This is the regular season. It's a totally different game. And you know what's been great about watching the playoffs, Mo, is that, you know, it's it's very obvious watching this year, more so than over the last, like, four or five years, that the game is returning back to the bigs. Shout out to Xavier like Tillman. You need, you, need, you need bigs. Like, you you need bigs. And, and listen, if you really want to – if you really want to – make an observation about this Warriors team. Clearly they have outstanding guard play clearly. Right. Mm -hmm. But if it's one thing that is missing from this group is they need, they, you can see they need a big, like they need a, they need a big who can at the very least, at the very least play vertical basketball. Yeah. It's it, Kavan Looney does a really nice job. However, when you have Kevon Looney and Draymond Green on the court together, you have basically two guys who can't, who, 
you know, are not looking. They're not to score. No. Okay. And if you if you really want to look at their team, they're a little team. Yep, they are very small. In the past, they've had Boga, they've had Petrulia, they've had Chavel McGee, they've had Boga, yes, they've had big bodies. Yes, this is had big bodies. Even look at the impact Alex Len has off the bench for the Kings. They've got no one that can match that. If if you really so Mo, when you really look at it, I'm going. They're basically a little team, and Coach Brown has made a decision. He's not guarding Kevon Looney or Draymond Green. Yeah, because they're not going to try to score. He's not guarding them. They're always looking for the handoff or the pass. So that that to me, that to me is what's really stood out is saying, okay, they're a small team. And Sabonis is a big kid. Mm -hmm. Sabonis is a big kid, right? You know what I mean? He's a big kid. He's strong. And he's he he plays kind of unique because he as big as he is, he handles the ball and they kind of run the offense through him. Mm-hmm. And he passes the ball, dr- runs dribble weave when he gets it in the post. You know, I love the fact when the bigs get the ball in the post and they're gonna force the referee to make a call because you know he's gonna play tough. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't have a problem with the way the game is played, uh, especially this time of year. This is how the game is supposed to be played. It's always been played this way, and you have to meet. You know, you have to meet the physicality of the game. That's that to me is primary goal number one. It's like a, like a boxing match. You have to come out and establish, hey man, I'm ready to fight. Mm-hmm. Now Don't hide in once, your corner. Yeah. Once everyone he says, This is how the game is going to be played. Now I think the referees will say, Okay, these guys are coming to play. I know they're going to push push. As long as no one has an advantage on the push, hey, no harm, no foul. Mm-hmm. But right now. The Sacramento Kings, they've established one thing. You know, they're they're ready to fight. Now, if if they get one of these games here in Golden State, you know, you can all but about wrap this series up. Who, <laughs> they get, who, who they, have you got for game three? No Draymond Green for the Warriors. Sabonis well, is probably I, gonna I, play. I, I think this is I think for the Sacramento, this is this is a pressure game for them. Mm-hmm. Because and here's why I say that. The first two games, people were saying, "Ah, Golden State's gonna, you know, you know, they, 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 they were the underdogs, even though they're the third seed." Yeah. Now going into Game Three, you're expecting them to win, mm-hmm. and that is a little both. When you playing when someone expects you to win is different than playing, and you're just like, "What do you have to lose?" Like Sacramento, like what do they have to lose? They're the third seed, and the Warriors were favored in the series. Yep. Now all of a sudden. You're going into game three and everyone's like, well, you should win. Draymond's not playing. Yep. So it's easy to have human nature to set in, have a letdown, don't play well, go on the road. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, the series is tied four. I mean, the series is tied two, two, going back to game five. And it's so best I of think, three. Yeah. And yeah, I think this game is the most critical game of the series. Like yes. I thought, I told you whoever won game two, was going to win the series. Well, you know what? Now they have the Warriors right where, right? I mean, you got them on the ropes. You got, you, listen, you, you got, got them on the ropes, ropes right? You got, you got them a little bit stunned. You got to hit them with the power yeah. haymaker right now. Um, you, 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 you. Just before we go into the next, I, I, by the way, I think Kings got to win this one. There's no Draymond Green, right? So, um, Kevon Looney, he's going to get into foul trouble because of the way that. These guys attack. The one thing that stands out to me is the Warriors in the regular season gave up so many opportunities in the mid-range and the Kings are capitalizing in the mid-range, especially guys like De'Aaron Fox. 
Um, they're going to have Looney in foul trouble. That's imperative to attack at the hoop, get him in foul trouble early, or go to Sabonis in the, in the post, get Looney into foul trouble. And then, you know, there's not really a lot of depth. You're going to have a, what, Jermichael Green? Are you going to have a Kaminga playing at the five? I don't know what you're going to have. So you've really got well, to go. To, I, and then, I can tell you, Mo, I'm, I'm going to tell you, if you and I were, co- let's, let's pretend right now we're coaching the Warriors. Okay, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go some type of gimmick defense, right? Yeah. Because we know we can't we, get in foul trouble. So what's the like first thing we're going to do? Box and one on De'Aaron Fox or, on, or something like gonna that. We're going to go box and one. Gonna go like a we're going to go zone. Triangle zone. We're going we're gonna to double Sabonis on the catch anytime he catches it. So they're going to do something to protect their bigs. Now, I don't expect Steve Kerr to say, hey, let's match up and then let's see what happens. No, Steve Kerr is going to come out. He's at home. Normally, your guys play a little bit more aggressive or at home than they do on the road. Hopefully, he'll get some type of contribution from somewhere on the bench, whether it's Kaminga, Jamichael Green. Maybe Jordan Poole shows plays. up for a game. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who, who, whoever. But he needs someone. But without question, he's probably going to go to zone. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to do two things. I think he's going to he's he has to do two things. First, he has to figure out how to slow this team down. He's got to get their crowd into the game, right? Yeah. So you want to maybe get up eight or 10, get your crowd fired up. And then if you're scoring the basketball, okay, or you're playing at a tempo that favors you, meaning you're not coming down, just taking quick shots, especially in your half court offense. Yep. Now you can get your defense five against five, because let me tell you something. Sacramento has a decided advantage in the speed and quickness. <laughs> yeah. Rankings. There's okay. no doubt. So if you get out and try to run with this team, I think that's a disaster. But if you can play advantage basketball and take it and be opportunistic in your when you run and when you run your offense, I think that gives you a great chance to set up your defense. Because what I want to do against the Sacramento team is I want them to play five against five. Yeah. Because I'm telling you right now, De'Aaron Fox in the open court, you have no chance. And I want I want to get Sabonis in foul trouble too. Talking about getting Looney well, that's, in foul trouble. That, 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 that's fine. But you want to attack you know that because Sabonis isn't a great defender. You want to get him involved in every action to tie him out on the other side of the ball. And well, I don't think you can do that with this fouls. Warriors team. I don't think you can do and, and here's why I don't think you can do that. Because Steph Steph is being hounded, just in case no one else is watching. Yep. Steph Curry could barely he's playing against this guy. That's, that's sticking to Devion him like glue. Mitchell, is playing him as well as you can play him, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a reason they call this guy off night. Yep. <laughs> and then this kid, this kid, De'Aaron Fox, is all over him. Yep. And by the way, he can't rest on defense. Yep. There's nowhere to they, hide him. They've, in, they've included him. Remember, their, remember what their philosophy is, Mo. They're going to run on every opportunity, make or miss. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're going to shoot every open three or attack that basket. And guess what Stephon, Stephen Curry has to do on every play? He's got to box out because those guys are crashing the boards. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Mo, everyone's talking about what they're going to do. Steph Curry... This is a lot. This this isn't like some 27-year-old kid. This kid is, what, 30, what, 3, 34 years old? He's got a lot of miles on that body. He's 35 and Let me now. tell you something. He's 35. And let me tell you something. De'Aaron Fox isn't slowing down anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nope. Okay. So when all of this trying to do whatever and 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 coach Brown has already established he's comfortable playing zone. He's got Herder, Keegan Murray, the uh, uh um what's the kid's name? Um which one? De'Aaron Fox. All of these kids, he just has healthy bodies over there. Okay. I just think it's a numbers game right now. Strength Steve numbers. Kerr's got Steve Kerr's got to shorten this game to mm-hmm. where they can play their style, their brand, which now minus Draymond, because Draymond is a huge part in how they play fast. Now, what are they going to do? So, Mo, here's a here's something to watch. I was thinking about it today. I was like, God, if I'm playing a team minus without Draymond. Now, all of a sudden, guess what the Warriors have to do? They have to outlet the basketball now, Mo. Yep. Just think of that. The Warriors are one of the teams in the league where they don't have to outlet the basketball because Draymond gets you 8 to 10 rebounds a night, and he just gets it and goes. Now, when Kevon Looney gets it, he's got to outlet it, and he's got to outlet it to who? Who's the best ball handler and decision maker after Drew? It's going to have to be Steph. So now his role is going to change. So now that puts Jordan Jordan Poole probably has to play more. So now you're going to have to have Jordan Poole on the floor to give Steph Curry the spacing he's going to need on both wings. You can't just live off of of Gary Payton and 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 Wiggins, Wiggins. shooting threes. Yep. So I think this is going to be an interesting decisions. These are going to be interesting decisions that Steve Kerr, Coach Kerr, and the staff got to make because they got to play a certain way, and they're going to need Steph Curry to organize the game and score the game and defend. And by the way, he's got to make some tough shots. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I don't know how the game's going to play out, but right now I know I'm going to need a superhuman effort from Steph Curry Mm -hmm. when it's all said and done. They're not going to win this game without Steph Curry playing big in some Mm -hmm. capacity. Yep. Well, just to check in on the uh, Timberwolves and the Nuggets, it's currently 94-89 to Denver. Um, there was a point where the Timberwolves were in the lead. Anthony Edwards, last time we checked in, about 10 minutes ago, five minutes ago, was on 19 points. He's now on 27. Uh, some great, very basic adjustments. They've uh, Defensively, they've switched Gobert onto Jokic instead of having Cat guard him. In the first in the first quarter, they were, in the first half, they were trying to have Gobert guarding Aaron Gordon so he could come across and be a help defender, but now they've just got him guarding Jokic straight up. Um, they've just given out the ball, let him attack downhill, put Carl Anthony Towns in the corner to space it. And here we are. It's finally a series. Um, just letting Ant-Man cook. I mean, it's it's about damn time. Um, let's look at a couple of the other games that are coming up tonight. We've got the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers. Do the Brooklyn Nets have any chance of winning one of these games at home? Because the Sixers have absolutely dominated them. If it's not Embiid, it's Maxi. If it's not Maxi, it's Harden. Do the Nets have any hope in getting one of these wins at home? Because they don't have the biggest home court advantage. Well, I, I do. I think they I think they have an opportunity to win. If they're gonna win a game, I think they're they they're gonna have to get this one here. Yeah. I think this one is the this one is a you know, this this is a this is a very this is a must game for them. Make no doubt about it. So I expect them to throw everything but the kitchen sink at this uh 76ers team at them they have to get this game to stay alive to have some hope in the series so 
you know, to come out with a lot of energy there in Brooklyn. Um, they're going to come out aggressive. And if the 76ers can, you know, just stay around, absorb that initial, you know, all of the energy that's going to come with it, uh, the Sixers should be fine. But that's a big if. So, um, but, you know, the, give, the 76ers, give the 76ers credit. They play well the first two games. Um, you know, they got some nice contributions. Tyrese Maxey has been terrific. And, and, you know, like I said, since the beginning of the season, I think Tyrese Maxey has to be the second best player on the team. Yep. I, I, I you know, I, 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 you know, I, I've, but I've I mean, you're not, in a, you're not in a bad place if it's James Harden either, though. Like, no, you're not in a bad place. Options. But I think Tyrese Maxey allows them to play fast. Mm-hmm. You got to play fast. Yeah, I mean, you, you, there's a certain flow you have to play with, right? And I, I think Tyrese Maxey does that. And when when Tyrese Maxey is aggressive like he was last game, I think the Sixers the Sixers are very very tough to beat. Yeah, uh, the other game that's on tonight is the Clippers and the Suns going back to LA Ooh. for Game Three. This is a tough one. This is very close to call. Um, we spoke quite at length yesterday after the last game about how the defensive schemes can be adjusted. Who do you like to take the win in this game three here? Do you think that the uh, Suns can regain home court advantage by stealing this one, or do you think it would be the Clippers night? Well, you know, Kawhi Leonard, when you have a player who's playing as exceptional as Kawhi Leonard, you know, now you know that he can go out and, and win a game, okay? And he's very capable talking about Kawhi, he showed you what he did in game one. He just, he literally just won that game. Mm-hmm. Now he's going home and you have every reason to believe that he's going to win or they're going to win at least one game here. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is just, I mean, yeah. Kawhi Leonard is just, he's he, just... Could, he could put a team on his back. Okay. I mean, yeah. he, he could go out and win this series. I mean, he's, he's, <laughs> I mean, I can't say anything about him like, other than, you know what? I'm just excited to see him and when him and Katie are guarding each other. That that's to me best. is just like that's what the that's like poetry. That's like poetry in motion. I mean, to watch those guys. I mean, the counters that they make. You know, they're both they present problems on the defensive end. They're both excellent scorers, and I mean, it's just beautiful to watch. However, you know, this is a big game for Phoenix because Phoenix lost one game, one of the home games at home. And they know they need to, they know now they have to win at least one game in LA. So, you know, I, I think this is a big game. If the Suns wins this game, you know, for them to win back-to-back games, I think that gives them an advantage. That's a big momentum yeah. shifter in the series. That's a big, yeah. So right so, now it's feeling neck and neck. But if they can go yeah, to LA and yeah. win on the road, then I think it yeah, kind of says, hey, like, and they, know, I think, yeah, we're starting yeah. to figure it out. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I think it's going to be a big game. I think this is going to be a big game. I think it's going to I think it's going to come down to someone having a night that we just didn't say, you know, you know, Norman Powell has a 30 point game or something. You know, Russell has played terrific. Kawhi is going to do what Kawhi does. KD is going to do Devin Booker. But we're going to need somebody else. DeAndre Ayton. Somebody's had to come up big. We need a recording game. Yeah. Eric Gordon. Somebody's going to have to come up big and say, okay. Because this is a must game for both teams. So I expect this to be a very competitive game, highly contested. And, um, you know, we'll see how it turns out. But like I said, I I picked Phoenix to get to the NBA finals. 
Um, but right now, I think the Clippers are going to have something to say about that. Absolutely. Well, I look forward to it. I hope you guys at home look forward to it because we'll be back tomorrow morning with more. Um, the symbols have battled back from down 21. They had 40 points in the third quarter. Currently eight minutes to go, and it's a one-point game. There's a lot of foul trouble going on in this one. You know, Cat, Gordon, each five fouls. Rudy Gobert is currently screaming, screaming at the referee in danger of getting a technical foul here uh, because he just had two very quick fouls, and that will be his fifth if they call this, and he needs to stop screaming otherwise it will be a technical and he's going to be gone. Um, we're going to have to see how this one unfolds, and we're going to have to let you know about it tomorrow as this is another episode of the hoop genius podcast and i think we've learned our lesson not to start recording during half time because we think that a 20 point lead is safe in the nba playoffs <laughs> so uh <laughs> even even later nights uh, are going ahead and um yeah stay locked in with us we're gonna be back with more you know um i think i think there's no one else out there really in the world who's turning around episodes like we've got episodes up within 30 minutes of the final game finishing I don't think there's anyone else out there putting in work like this. So if you want to support the hustle, make sure you tell your friends to tune in. Make sure you share it across social media. And most importantly, get buckets.